Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. AT&T connects and ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the driving to work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. That's how we own it! What's up, y'all? This is Tamika Mallory. And I'm my son, Lennon, and this is Street Politicians. Street Politicians uh, makes me super excited. It's been a long time coming that we've been working on this uh, podcast. Um, you know, I know for me, there's a lot of information out in the world, a lot of stuff coming at us, a lot of ways to get information, a lot of ways to give your opinion on that information. But I find often that people don't necessarily understand everything that they're consuming. And I think this space gives us an opportunity to really deconstruct and, you know, dissect some of the things that we see happening in pop culture and hip hop culture. Um, you know, in entertainment and business, of course, we're talking about money, right? Economic empowerment, community engagement, criminal justice. There's so much happening politics, and we just want to be able to break it down. And I think street politicians in itself embodies exactly what we mean. We do the work on behalf of our people. You have to be, folks are like, I'm not political. If you live every day, in this society, you're political, you're living a political life, um, but we want to be able to bring information to you in the street. You know, I think us being, actually being in the movement, on the front lines of this movement, we see things from a different perspective, mm-hmm. and us definitely having connections to the streets, to the hip-hop community, to pop culture, and being able to infuse all of those things at once gives us a different, a unique point of view that's not really out there right now. A lot of you know, there's a lot of information out there, and a lot of people don't know how to get it all. You know, they don't know how to um, digest it all. They don't know how to break it down. I think that we come from a unique perspective because we know how to throw on some constructions, and then we go on to the boardrooms, and then we're on the front lines of the movement, and we can give you all of these perspectives at the same time and pretty much bridge that gap between right. the culture and and, and explain why politics are important for our, our communities because right. a lot of people in our communities don't believe that they should be involved in politics. Yeah. But the podcast is not just about politics. We yeah. want to... We're going to have fun. Because you know it's, you know, yeah. even your fun. 
it's political. Even your finance political. And that brings me to something I was just thinking about that happened a few weeks ago in the news. And um, it was about when the NBA players went to China. I don't know if you paid attention. Yeah, to I sure that. didn't. So you know, I'm sports yeah, so dead. That, I'm tech thing. dead. Yeah, you know what I'm and saying. You always have to help so, us understand. So, so what happened? Because LeBron, Le- something was going yes. on with LeBron. It right? was. It was mainly LeBron was the person who was asked to speak on behalf of her. But it was the um, China had did some expedition where the NBA players went over to China, and they were supposed to do a lot of press day. They were supposed to do a lot of things because there was some type of merger with the NBA in China. And then you know the protests that were happening mm-hmm. over there. Of course, of course. And one of... See, I pay attention to that. And one of the... Let me get this exactly right, because it was one of the executives in the NBA when LeBron got there. Yeah, look it up, look it up. Let me see what he said. Uh, who, who was it? Daryl Morey is his name. Yeah. After his tweet supporting Hong Kong's protesters, the Houston Rockets general manager was the subject of a pro-China campaign. A selection of tweets at Daryl Morey, many of which contains NMSL, okay, uh, y'all probably know what that is and I don't, which loosely translates to your mother is dead. Dang. So then what did LeBron say? So what happened was at that point, LeBron, LeBron's statement, the executive wasn't knowledgeable about what was going on. You know, and, and what they were saying was that LeBron is one of the outspoken athletes. He, he utilizes his platform to speak against right. all kinds of injustice. Right. I mean, even we were able to get uh, LeBron to wear the I Can't Breathe t-shirts for Justice League's protest during uh, the Eric Garner protest. Uh, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, he's been really, really supportive of the movement. He's been supportive of the movement, and people felt that in some ways it was hypocrisy mm-hmm. because you can't say that it's okay for you to be vocal about issues that affect you or that you are you know, passionate about. Mm-hmm. And then you go against someone who has different views on another subject, but mm-hmm. they're passionate about those because it doesn't fit with you, mm-hmm. you know, or because, it, it, you know, the result of it ended up in something that probably negatively affects you. Mm-hmm. So I, got, I understood both points of view. And, I, and then when, when LeBron, um, when he talked about it again, he said he wasn't saying that, he was wrong, or that he was wasn't informed about the issues that was going on in China. But he was saying that he wasn't informed about what they had to deal with while they were over. He didn't think it made sense for the, him to speak about that while they were on the soil and they and, and they had to deal with the negative effects. So in that that regard, that's what I'm trying to tell you. Like there is politics and everything. These are guys that went over there to play basketball. They went right. over there. So he's saying you should have waited to say that until we came exactly, back. Exactly, but and but that's what I'm trying to tell you. That's why when people there's a lot a lot of those athletes over there, with the exception of LeBron, are not really even into politics. They don't but the, comment on politics. But the problem with that where I take uh, issue and of course I didn't read it and I don't know all the details, but I do know that every time is a good time to say what's right, number one. And then the second thing is that if the gentleman had waited, the owner had waited until they came back, it wouldn't have been a news story. The purpose of him saying it while they were going was so that he could they could get the he could get the type of attention and I'm sure that the protesters, the people in the street, they appreciated that he spoke up on their behalf. So, you know, like you said, it's a catch twenty two situation, but also 
which we deal with all the time in our movement spaces, it's like before you actually say something that impacts my life, we may need to have a conversation about how this is going to play out. And we argue about this all the time. And that's, and th- but that's, that's where, you know, that's where it is. What, it, what is it that you're trying to do? Are, mm-hmm. are, we, are we championing, are we promoting that people should be outspoken about issues that affect them when they feel that they need to talk about it? Or are we saying that there has to be a certain time no, that I, you talk about it? Or is, do I have to say it in a way that makes people comfortable? Because I don't think change comes from comfortability. I don't think me saying something that, that's politically correct that makes you feel comfortable about me saying I don't like it is really going to do anything to spark change. That's yeah, but it's, all, it's about balance, and it's also understanding who's the ultimate enemy, right? And then how are people who are caught up in the mix of it going to feel about what it is that you're saying when in fact they want to be on your side they want to be with you and so if you're making comments that ultimately marginalize them or make them feel a certain type of way you have to be thoughtful like we all have to be thoughtful about how we enter um you know certain conversations or you know how what our our discourse is like around different people's issues you we need time as leaders to be able to process what it is that we're saying and again who are all the beneficiaries and or people who will be hurt by whatever we're saying i worked for a very powerful civil rights leader for a long time and one of the things that I know is that before making decisions, even if his gut instinct led him back to his original thought, his kitchen cabinet, when he would go to come to some of us and throw around different ideas about a topic that he wanted to address, only helped to develop his point. It only helped him to be able to see the perspective of everybody that's in the room. So if he's going to talk about LGBTQ issues, it, you know, you before you speak on it, you might need to educate yourself from someone who is actually in that community. So that, I think oh, that's... I definitely believe that. That's, yeah. that's, that's a no-brainer. I think that if you speak about people or, or issues that don't directly pertain to yourself or that you're not directly impacted by, by or, or, or direct member of the community that you're speaking of, then you definitely should have an outlet. But if there are issues, like we have a lot of time, when there are issues that directly affect men, directly affect heterosexual men. I was getting ready to say men. I was getting ready to say something about I'm so glad you started it so I could talk about the male issues. ego and the dangers I mean, of, of it. Yeah, but bottom line mm-hmm. is, if there are issues that affect men, and I, I, I believe that I'm a man. <laughs> you believe? You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm almost 100% sure mm-hmm. of it that I'm a man mm-hmm. in every, every essence and regard of the word. Mm-hmm. So when there are issues that you know, regard me, and, and, you know, then I think that I should be able to speak freely on a man's behalf. Yeah, I'm not saying that you shouldn't, but I do think that you have to also decide, I mean, we all, when we use social media, which is a place that attracts a lot of negativity, trolling, fake accounts, and all of that, we have to decide what's the best forum to get our message across. because. If we take something to social media that in our hearts, minds, and, and, you know, in our soul, we think we're saying the right thing, we're uh, uh, talking to a particular audience, but yet it's in the context of things that have been, that folks have been being dragged about, and they actually, their careers and other things have been impacted by these things, you have to actually be thoughtful, careful, and the way in which you say stuff. 
I mean, we, we, we get into this all the time. It's like how, how you approach the Internet is very, very, very serious. And sometimes the best thing to do is not to approach it at all. Because, you know, the thing I told uh, Tariq, my son, is that everything you're thinking does not need to go online. And that's something that it took me a while to figure out. Sometimes I'll be ready to go in people's comments and say all types of things. And then one day I noticed that media outlets were picking up what I said in folks' comments. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, they're actually watching me. So I need to be well, careful. You know, that brings me to a topic about comedy. A lot of people say that I'm too hard on that I'm, You're obsessed. You keep talking about Kanye. And you just need to leave it alone. And I just, and I think that people don't understand the moment thing. We don't understand that, you know, that the media is very powerful. That the media controls. It's like it controls our minds. It controls how we walk, how we talk, how we dress, what we think. And if somebody's constantly using platforms with millions of people following them to to give you rhetoric that is detrimental to our society constantly. Well, they don't think that's the problem. They no, don't think it's detrimental. No, but you, his his rhetoric in some ways, is correct, just like Candace Owens. Some of the things that Kanye is saying is important. You know, we got to stop voting Democrat all the way down the ballot because that's not working for us. Now he's talking about industry and bringing... No, that's not what bringing, he's doing. See, if he was just... I know, no, no. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying he's talking about bringing factories and, you know, sort of agriculture, if you will, a, an idea about that to the U.S. All those things are important. What you're saying is that it's embedded in language or in a, in a particular idea that is problematic for our community. And, in fact, what he doesn't even know, maybe he does know, is that it's, it's really being, um, it is being shared with us through the lens of white supremacy, which is even more dangerous. But that's, that is my whole point, is that he does know. Because he was very aware. He understood that Bush didn't like black people. He was very aware. He's always been adamant about racism in this country prior to the last couple of years. He's he's been very vocal in understanding of things that's going on in this culture. When he went into Sway and he was talking about you don't have the answer, Sway, his whole position was that the, the white supremacy in itself does not allow him to reach past a, a certain ceiling. That he can't be Walt Disney. He can't be Steve Jobs because they won't allow him. That he's created all of these things. He's the, the mind behind all these things. But there are certain things elements within this country would not allow him to get past certain roadblocks. He's very aware of that. Right. Well, so, what, yeah. let me explain to you. so what he's utilized now is said, I can't beat him, so I'm going to join him. Mm. So, for, for his financial gain, he's decided to sacrifice our culture. He's decided to tell us lies about the Republican Party was the ones who did this. Not, not telling the truth about this is not the same Republican Party that he speaks of. That the Abraham Lincoln was not the person who freed the slaves, that the Republican Party then was the anti-slavery party that came to the Democratic. Those are not conversations that he's having. He's saying, don't vote for Democrats. What they've been doing for you. Republicans, I can love Trump. I don't care if he's racist. I've never made a decision based on just being black. When you make these, when you start making these statements, and you start saying that in front of black people who follow you, who believe that you were for our liberation and for our culture, and then you start to intentionally lie to them because you want to benefit, I cannot just sit by and say, okay, I'm just going to let Kanye do his thing. I'm going to let him 
say this to millions of people every day and everybody else is just going to go along. He decided we're going to do Sunday service today because now I know y'all into the church. I know I can sell the church whenever. When y'all said I'm not invited to the picnic no more, I can do Sunday service and everybody's going to come because they're going to see Kanye trying to get God in his life. And now I can sell an album called Jesus is King. But last week, it was, I'm a sick fuck, I like my dick up. You know, so when I understand, when I understand the reality of that, I'm not going to be silent. I'm not, I'm not going to say, you know what, I'm just going to fall back and let somebody else, because nobody else is going to talk about it. I'm not going to well, lie. people are talking. They're not talking about but it. But, okay. They're not. Well, no, They're people really have not. been talking about it. People have just, but, they but, shrug it off and say, but, oh, that's just Kanye, just leave him alone. Yeah, no, but, but, but you are 100% right about one thing, that, that the system that is uplifting Kanye knows that black people love spiritual music, you know, church, God, Jesus, the whole, that narrative um, that we, we follow. And certainly I believe in love and am a, 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 a devout follower of Jesus Christ. Right. So that's, so I, I agree with him in that perspective that we need Jesus in our lives. The problem is I don't think we're following the same God. There's something wrong with, the God that he has come into contact with because it has not. Well, exactly. And so he, but see that, right. And and that's two different gods because the ones that our people were singing about in the fields was a liberating God. It was a God that understood that at times we might have to actually strike our master down in order to get free. The God that Kanye is singing about is the God of oppression. Um, is the God the that God says that the massa, it's the well, it's the God of capitalism. As long as you have money, we don't even have to worry about the rest of the things. We don't have right. to worry about the people that are being at the border. We don't have to worry about the racism that, that our president is evoking within this country, the division. We don't got to worry about that. He's taught us how to get some money. So let's figure out how to get money and fuck everything else. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's that's true. Something that, that's something that my soul personally, it can I cannot sit it. there and just be like, you know what? Nobody else is going to talk. Everybody's going to laugh about it. But we also have to remember, uh, you know, how sick our people are. There are a lot of sick people in our communities that really don't understand nuance. They really don't have not done the research. And that's not our fault. Like, we weren't taught, and we were in many ways blocked from the knowledge that we need in order to understand all of what's happening around us, right? And so we're sick people that are, are, are we, we have a quest for knowledge, but it has not been provided in the ways in which it should. So if you don't understand your history, then you are, are, are it's really impossible for you to be able to understand all the elements of what's happening around you, especially to your point, the media, every minute is coming with something new and you're trying to follow, but you do know Jesus walks. You know that, you know all the good gospel songs, you know those. And so if it's coming through a musical genius, then it sounds right, especially when we want to say, I'm not political. So it's, and, and this is very political, what Kanye is doing. It's really dangerous. But I think in, in terms of a different perspective around what you're saying, that you have to be able to challenge Kanye because he is directly, in, he is a, a direct influence um, for our people, that is very, very damaging. Yeah, what he's like, doing right like now is very needle. damaging. Like the the it is. But listen, but this might change the topic a little bit, but I think it's important. This is my thought process on what you see in terms of people saying you're too hard on Kanye or, you know, why are you so obsessed? I think the issue is, um, and we talk about this all the time, sometimes 
I think for you, because of the fact that there's so much shit, bullshit that's going on in our society, where you kind of feel like you have to be a voice to try to, to check different things that's happening so that your followers and other people will have an, 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 a, a different voice that shows them the either, either we'll say it's the right way or a different way that's probably better for our communities. You find yourself in that all the time because of the fact that you are constantly having to engage in these conversations. It, 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 it seems to some folks and sometimes to me as well that you have become critical all the time of too many different people. And I think what you have to do, which we we've, we've been discussing, is pick your battles. Sometimes we should go out and, and, and challenge different things, but sometimes we might have to actually miss some shit, right? Because people, for me, they say, okay, you're angry. Because I feel like I'm, even every speech that I used to make, I was yelling and screaming at the world. And eventually I had to figure out that sometimes that tone was not necessary, nor was it winning our people over. So I just think, and especially if you... But I don't agree, though. Okay. I, I, I know that. My, my personal, I don't agree with you say that that tone wasn't winning our people over. I believe that that yelling that you call, quote, unquote, yelling is what galvanized millions of people <laughs> and made people feel like they had somebody that spoke on behalf of them. I think the people that, that pussyfoot around and, and they say the politically correct and they say, I don't want to yell because I don't want to seem unruly and I don't want to come across as an angry black person, they don't have that backing. I think the fact that I'm willing to fight any adversary that goes against my moral compass, that my people follow me for that reason. Yeah, but there's but balance is key. But I don't know balance what, is what key. Is balance? Balance, balance is, is if, balance if have, is that there should not I don't believe that you should participate in four or five days of dialogue back and forth about an issue with whomever it is, or every time they pop up in the news, there's a response. And then on top of that, in the comments, going back and forth, arguing with every troll that comes well, along. I, agree with that. I, I think I, that's. I, think I'm stopping to argue. I don't want to argue with trolls. But no. I think that what, what Malcolm X said, that he who controls the news controls the people. Mm -hmm. So if they continue to put out news that is lying every day, it's directly lying. When you start trying damaging, to, but but lying is damaging because you're not telling the truth about what's going on. Somebody is able to create a narrative and point it into your brain. It becomes factual to you when it's not actually factual. Then that's a problem. Mm. So I'm not going to allow that on my mind. So I'm going to be the person that jumps up. Yeah. Well, no. You you got to think about that. We're not going to just let this go. Like. Sorry, I'll be back to discuss this again. Anyway, so I guess that brings us to the last topic, which is really important to me. It's really near and dear to me, and I've been struggling so much with this Harriet film, and not just the film, but just the moment that we're in and how Harriet, the film, seems to be sitting in the middle of the complicated sort of complex nature of, of just, like, the push and pull of this moment. And um, I, I feel like we saw the film until Freedom Our Organization uh, did a screening, not a screening, but we hosted folks going to Magic Johnson Theater in Harlem. I thought it was incredible. I thought it was incredible. Now, their film, a friend of ours who went said that the, it was, the acting was poor. Perhaps if you're a filmmaker, you may see different things, but in terms of me, the naked eye, just someone who likes to be entertained and also like education and information, 
I thought Harriet was great. Do I think it was perfect and that every single character actually existed and that the story was told 100% um, to what happened in her life? No. And I also think that the only person that could have informed them on how to be exact and accurate would have been the person who's dead, and that's Harriet Tubman. This, for me, was the first time that I watched a black woman really portrayed as a killer. Like, for me, like, I've watched a lot of different movies where they were side or they supported the supporting That doesn't mean cast. it's not there. It's not saying it's you not there. I'm it saying this was right. the first time that I watched a black woman portrayed as a superhero in my And there was, she was not the sidekick to the man. She was she was her own superhero. She galvanized strength from within her that other men didn't even have. And this was something that was uplifting. Well, see, but that's one of the que- one of the things but that, that no, no, we've no, heard what, is that I, men were not properly. But that's what I want to bring this to. And I didn't mean to cut you no, off. No, I'd cut you off. Sorry. But I want to bring this to the fact if you look two of our most biggest liberators throughout that that Turner and you know her and you look at that and you see the controversy behind both of these women and you look at how the liberation media, movies the liberation movies that put, that put us in position where we were liberated got the most flat what they they found everything bad out about the people who played the roles, who directed the roles, they figured out everything wrong with those. And some of it was accurate. And, oh, it, not saying that they weren't accurate, but I'm just trying to tell you that for years we watched Twelve Years of Slave. We watched Jango. every. We seen the. We seen all of these movies that didn't have the same content, that didn't, you know, uplift us and make us liberators. And nobody found anything wrong with those. But we we constantly dissected and picked apart this. And then there was and then what happened with both of these movies, both of these movies divided black men and black Because if you look at if you look at um the Nat Turner the Nat Turner movie, story, right. the black women were outraged. Well because right they because had a, and they had exactly, a reason to be and I wasn't sexual assault the issue sexual was assault very, issue was very thing, real. and then they they pointed out the, the you know the um, rape issue the rape never actually happened within within history and that's something Oh you, wait a minute. Let's be careful because we're talking about two different things. No, no, no. We're talking the, about the in, issue of Nat, Nat Turner. Turner, his story, Nat Turner and the woman no Nate get, Nate, that, Nate Parker. Nate no, yeah, no, what's I'm his name? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm saying about, that. I know oh, what okay. you're saying. You I'm just saying because people I'm will talking say, about Oh, you're saying that it didn't that the happen. Rape didn't happen right. within okay. the movie. The Gabrielle right. Union the the part the role she played where she was raped and and her husband had to sit there. That that was an accurate part of history. That that you can't go throughout history anywhere and see that. That and that no, happened during that during Turner. that Nat Turner. That right. that within right. that week saying it could ha- it definitely happened throughout slavery exactly. time. It, it definitely same thing as black same slave thing catchers. Is, it's black slave catchers. Mm-hmm. So they pointed those things out just like they pointed out the boundary within you know within um, Harry. Mm-hmm. So they they we, said there are so many. Inaccuracies in terms of you know what actually happened during in her story, and what we're saying is that some of first of all, this is not a documentary; it is a movie. It is not an autobiography; it is a movie, and it is based upon her story. And so, I think that the illustrations in the film were there to bring forth some of the challenges that we face at that time and today. So the black slave catcher, maybe he didn't have a gun, 
his name definitely wasn't big or long, and he certainly wasn't running around just living in the wild without being checked by his own slave master, even if he was free. There still was a, a you know, a hierarchy, if you will, and he certainly wasn't at the top of it, right? But I think introducing him in the film gives you an example of how black people were working with the slave master like to help try to catch exactly exactly to try to catch um uh, uh uh the black Moses being a Harriet Tubman and I, again it applies to today because we work with black slave catchers all the time people who are supposed to be a part of the movement and 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 in fact they're seeking us out on behalf of the oppressor and willing to turn us over so you know you can be literal you can be literal as you want with especially if it's a documentary let's be literal but this was a movie that had the ability to give us messages that we need to pass down to our children. So a kid that is sitting there watching this film at 9 to 10 years old who sees the black slave catcher has the ability to say, I don't want to be that. I never want to be the person that turns against my own people. That, to me, was the point of it. And, by the way, because people said there was no such thing as black slave catchers at that time, and someone on my social media page, which I thought was funny, was uh, was was quoting that Harvard, the Harvard Press, said there was no such thing as black slave catchers. Yet the University of Alabama, the chair of their history department, says not necessarily in the South, but definitely as it got closer to the North, where more people were free, there were slave black slave catchers. And I just think that I choose to believe the University of Alabama. I, I choose to too, but I just what I wanted to sort of point out was how is divided black men right. like we are at a very crucial time where we we can't we don't have the ability we don't have the luxury to be divided especially about people that we we know through our history that not what that turner meant to this liberation we know what harriet tubman meant to liberation so for us to allow specific or small parts of things to completely erase them, their moment in history, their moment where the children can be introduced to their legacy to even do more research, because now we understand that with these movies, they give, they say, well, I want, I want to learn about her, because we, we, we study Wakanda, Wakanda don't exist, though. you know what I'm saying? There's no, there's no historical reference for Wakanda. We can't go look up Wakanda. These kids can't say, "Wow, that actually happened." So when we have real and life, well, we went. In droves. We dro- for we went a story to droves. that was completely, was completely untrue. Completely untrue. That right. had all type of things that never could happen, never <laughs> will happen. But you we, mean to tell me we can't fly from one mountain no, to the other? No, we can't heal you with with um. What's, well, I don't know the, what the, they the, had. <laughs> I I, don't, I mean I love vibranium. We ain't <laughs> got no vibranium. None of that exists. <laughs> but we went out in droves for that. But we know that Black Moses existed. We know. That Nat Turner existed. We know what they they gave their lives for this liberation that we that we are able to enjoy right now. So I just think that black men and black women, we we got to come to some round table or something because I see where the problem is, and I, I'm not saying that. Yeah, both, I mean, both sides have legitimate issues. Exactly, because we you can't, can't we're ignore not gonna dis- the issues that people have. For me, have the moment up. for Nat for um Harriet Tubman to be seen as a superhero was bigger than me saying that. Bigger long it just for me. It oh, was and, and, and by it the way, there's so many lies out there 
people are talking about a white savior. I'm wondering if we were watching the same movie. Well, what, what, what I've got from people was that from some people's and perspective is really a thing. Right. Because your perspective. That's one of our show if you topics. Go, if you talk go, about nuance exactly. and perspective. Because if you go in with a perspective that you want to see something wrong, you can find something wrong in So people did, for me, when I look for the, the white slave owner who, who was her slave owner, he well, to me, never existed. Never existed. But to me, he was probably one of the most diabolical white men that I've ever seen. Same I didn't see thing. him. I didn't see anything as a savior. I seen when he killed Big Alone right. because Big Alone was about to shoot her. I seen him as, no, you're not going to kill her because you're not even worthy. I want to take her back. I want to torture her. And take her to my white mother. I want to take her back to my white mother. I want to take her and burn her in front of the in front of the town. I want her because he told her when she pulled out a gun, he said, they're going to. They're going to tar and feather you. They're going to burn. They're going to rip you limb rip from you limb. Apart. So this was his goal. He didn't want, no, you ain't going to just kill her because you a nigga too. I don't want you to get that right. from well, me. That, that's You're the not going to take that. The point his, is he was showing, by him killing Big Along, it was to power. show you how you're disposable. All like, you I'm not going to save you. He told you. her she was a homie. pig. He said, my father told me you that you was like a pig. That eventually you either have to sell it or you got to eat it. Well, this is spoilers because people need to go okay. see the movie. Well, but they bottom line is to me, it wasn't dude no was not a white savior. No white he savior. killed her. He killed this man because he he probably was always gonna kill him, and he wanted to take her back and do unfathomable things. And let me just say, when she talks about life or what she talked about, uh, freedom or death, to me, big along if if the storyline was that. The, the, that she was captured and that her slave master was actually able to take her back, she probably would have been would have preferred being killed by Bigelow because I would definitely not want to go she, back with him. So for him freedom. to shoot her would have probably been fine. But anyway. Hey. Ah, don't make me start crying.
I might respond if back. If you don't like you, yeah, that's yeah, what we're trying to stop nah, is you, you responding but back. You but I only am respond Tamika to people who like you. D Mallory on all social media platforms, and I do kind of respond to a lot of things. Yeah. But really, we want to hear your feedback. And if you have show topics, drop them right now. Let us know what you want to hear about. We're going to be on this journey together. We want any type of information you want. Even if we don't know, we'll learn together. We might not have the right words, the right lexicon, the right you know, education and all of that. We might not always be right. We might not always agree with us, and we might not always agree with you. We might not know exactly the right thing to say, but we will always be That's how we own it! I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.